What happens when you can't use Facebook ads to grow your business? For an increasing number of businesses, this has become a reality with random bans and hacked accounts. It's a huge amount of stress and time to get resolved. We've had a couple of clients that it's happened to, and believe me, huh, the stress is real. And what if you've never planned to use them anyway, or if you have a business that's not allowed to use them because they're not allowed in Facebook's terms of services? Well, our client, the Cannabis Clinic, is like that. They've never been allowed to use them because it's against what Facebook is allowed to do in terms of drug use. Say, see cannabis and immediately go, oh, oh, oh. But of course, the Cannabis Clinic provides medicinal prescription-only pain and anxiety relief to thousands of Kiwis. Their product is not allowed to be advertised on Facebook, so they needed other alternatives. Instead of sitting there and getting frustrated, founder and owner, Dr. Wasim Al-Zahar, decided to grasp another alternative, marketing automation, specifically using Active Campaign to build community connection and help attract patients needing his help. We're lucky enough to work with Wasim and help him every month with marketing automation. And when I say we, I mean my husband, Rod, because he is the Active Campaign complete whiz. Wazim asks tricky questions and has helped us discover the real breadth and depth of how far you can take this platform that is so flexible. In this episode, we walk through why he uses it, what he uses it for, and how he's planning to go deeper into its use in 2023. So many people just scrape the surface of what's possible with marketing automation. So have a listen and see, is there stuff in here that I could do? Dr. Wasim is sometimes called the cannabis doctor, but in reality, he really wants other people's lives made better, and he does that through a heart as an entrepreneur and as a doctor. He started the cannabis clinic back in 2018 and has never looked back. He loves challenging existing beliefs and solving problems, which we can see in his weekly emails. He is honestly the best person about thinking about how can I make this better? I love his approach. His clinic is leading the medicinal cannabis industry in New Zealand, and he's truly a beautiful human. I hope you really enjoyed this podcast, because I know I really enjoyed talking to Azim. Welcome, this is Mibbit Marketing, and I am your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. Hi, it's Rachel Claver here, your host of Method Marketing and welcome to the podcast. Sorry for the hype, I got a bit distracted because I think I'm recording on a different part and I got a bit perturbed by technology, which is ironic because we're talking about technology today, mainly marketing automation. Um, our guest today is uh, Wasim Al-Zahir. Um, I told him I would have to struggle with pronouncing his name because in my head, I know that's right. But then I look at it and go, oh no, don't make a mistake. Um, and he owns a business. Or Do you own it, Wasim? They say, yes, we do. I started the, the business. Fantastic. I just suddenly realized I should check. I should have checked that. Um, so Wazim owns a business called Cannabis Clinic, which um, is maybe not what you think it is, uh, but is an amazing business doing a lot of good in New Zealand. And we are very lucky in the fact that we are um, we work with Wazim in terms of helping him with marketing automation. And my husband, Rod, who does that side of the business, told me I had to have Wazim on because Wazim has got an incredible mind. He also adores the model of and the services that Wazim does, but also because Wazim has got an incredible brain that just really wants to serve his customers and serve his um, clients with as much help and support as possible and so uses marketing automation to make that happen. And so we get lots of curly questions which makes things really interesting. So, um, we'll see. Without any future, uh, any further ado, do you want to just first welcome to the show and thanks for coming? Yeah, thanks for having me, Rachel. Appreciate um, it, and thanks for all the compliments. I, oh uh, well, I you know, we're only just getting started on the compliments. Um, <laughs> so, so, do you want to tell us a little bit about you and why you started Cannabis Clinic and what it is? Because let's just make it clear: it's not a free-for-all place to go and get a high dose. Correct, yeah. Not in New Zealand. Uh, that's not how it works in New Zealand. Yes, that's right. Although we came close with the referendum. Uh, yeah, very close. Yeah. yeah, so, um, yeah, thanks again for having me, Rachel. So, yeah, my name is uh, Wasim, and I'm a medical doctor. So, uh, yeah, I completed my training at the University of Otago Medical School uh, nine or ten years ago now. And, yeah, why I started Cannabis Clinic, it was... 
we started around the time that the law changed in New Zealand to allow medicinal cannabis products to be prescribed. Mm. And yeah, I wasn't, I was looking for something to more meaningful to give back and, you know, something, something a bit more challenging, that extra challenge, something meaningful to be able to, to do with my career and to do with myself um, beyond just working, beyond working as a family doctor and as an urgent care doctor. Mm -hmm. So the law changed at that time and I thought it was a great opportunity and it sounded pretty out there and I'm, in my history, I've done some pretty out there things. So I thought, okay, that, 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 that's a good match. And I already had a green car at that stage. So Perfect. I thought, okay, Easy that. for branding. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, okay, let's, let's do it. And to be honest, we... When we started, it was never the clinic we were looking at. I was looking at products. I was looking at sort of bringing products into New Zealand as several other companies are doing. And it quickly became apparent to me when we started that process that people were asking me to prescribe it for them or asking me about the prescription process and explaining the pain and the issues they were having trying to access these medicines legally. Mm. And I thought, oh, wow, this is this is you know something genuine out there people are genuinely struggling with this maybe I can I can uh, step in to help and that's how it sort of got, got started it was a bit rocky at the start because I wasn't fully committed uh, in terms of bonding my reputation to to have that association yeah. or, you know, it was quite a hard decision but uh, once that decision was made uh, there was no looking back because there is like because we'll talk a little bit about who needs it. So I know obviously people like with palliative care, that's definitely some a group of people that you'd definitely be working with. And that's highly meaningful. But there is this idea that it's a bit, there are in, in some sectors of New Zealand, there is this idea that it's a bit dodgy. Yes. Isn't there? Because they, they confuse the difference of using it as a medicinal help and support for people who need it as part of their health journey and also people who are using it recreationally, which is legal in many places, but isn't still legal here. So like they get that confusion going and may make an assumption around you being this person that's just doling out cannabis to everybody. Yes. Yeah, correct. So it depends what side of the equation you're on, Rachel. Yeah. If you're on the, the equation of, hey, I think it might help me, then you're thinking, oh, it must be for those who are, who are at the end of life or suffering significantly yes. if you if you're not a person who is looking into medicinal cannabis then you might think okay well this is just for those people who are you know wanting to get legal cannabis to get high basically but you know it couldn't be further from the reality and that's why we have so much work to be done when it comes to marketing and education um, because for us marketing is a lot about you know it's called marketing but for us it's education um it's you know it's that it's the age-old thing where you you don't need to sell you know you don't need to sell something if it genuinely helps people they people will naturally they just need to know about it and they will naturally come to you and ask the questions that, that they need to ask so and yeah go i was going to say because for you like the education is particularly important when you think that there are people who are in a lot of pain or are in so much discomfort and may have a barrier themselves of going, I'm desperate, I need something, but I don't want to be seen as a stoner. Or I don't want to be seen. So for educating so that all the people around them as well are supporting them and encouraging them to come and seek out a treatment that can really help give them relief. Mm. That's a really important part of it, isn't it? It's not just to educate people who may never need it. It's actually also to help educate people who do need it or know people who need it. Oh, totally. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, we're here. What I commonly say to people is, is we're here to make people more functional, not high. And that's mm -hmm. what our approach is. So the most common things that we see at the clinic is, yes, pain is a big one. It's, it's probably about half of what we do, chronic pain mm -hmm. or any sort of pain, really, for that matter, whether it be a mild, moderate or severe. Uh, we see a lot of people with sleeping problems and insomnia. Uh, and we also see a lot of anxiety and other mental health uh, conditions. Um, and for the most part, a lot of these people are your ordinary kind of Kiwis yeah. that you see, you know, just in your ordinary life. It's your, it could be your your kid's school teacher who we've kind yeah. of consulted with. It could be that, it could be your, even your own doctor that we've 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 seen. And it could be, you know, athletes, kids, old, you know, end of life care, and everything in between. 
and that's the thing you know that's been the eye-opening experience for us here at the clinic has been like wow this is this is really something that is you know a product that is plant-based it's not artificial or processed mm. and it's changed the lives of thousands of people through our services and that's you know that's absolutely amazing and that's what's kept us going you know throughout the years um, in terms of doing what we're doing because there's a lot of judgment and obstacles mm. that come in the way um, and yeah that's the part about the education that becomes important it's to say to people actually that this is not a bad product this is not because it's it's not stigmatized there's no judgment yeah. you know you're not going to you're not going to grow dreadlocks and become Bob Marley by using the, the one product and that's it. You know, you're in that category and it's done, game over, you know. Because so. I think it is not, I mean, that's the thing. If they come and t- talk to you, they, so they, so legally to get get the cannabis from you, they have to come and make a, t- like have a normal medical appointment. Is that right? Or do they get a referral? They, we accept people who just come to us knocking our doors because mm. a lot of people would be uncomfortable talking to the family doctor about it yeah because yeah. if they if the doctor looks after their their partner their kids their yeah. parents and their grandparents then you know then they feel a bit embarrassed to talk to them about it and that's where you as a medical practitioner and a qualified medical practitioner and then your team I also imagine you've built other people who are in that medical practitioner space as well to do yeah. that that's why it's so important to have a qualified doctor who's leading that because they do need to still have that proper prescription for it. It's, it, it is a prescription only service. Is that right? Correct. Yes. yes. So you, you're consulting with a medically registered doctor. Mm. And for in our case, that's either a general practitioner or a uh, integrative doctor, or sometimes even a hospital specialist that we've got on the team. So they would sit down, understand what's going on for you. You know, what are the issues? What's your medical background? And then basically make a personalized and tailored treatment plan as to how we're going to start the process with us and, you know, what we can do to help. Mm. So we talked about it's for pain relief and you also talked about anxiety and sleep issues and things like that. So I'm assuming that there's different levels of doses and that's part of why it's so important to get a professional coming and giving you that prescription because you've got to really make sure that you're not, like if it is a teacher, for example, they need to have an, a dealing with their pain or being able to sit through the night, but not so much that they're so chill and that they're zoned out during the day. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the power of, of you know, having a medical model mm-hmm. where, where everything is fairly controlled. So we know exactly the doses we're using. We know the products and we're using the lowest effective dose to get the most benefit for each person. So, and that, and that's the whole point. And I mean, that for that, that come that, applies to every medicine i mean it's talking about uh, for example sleeping problem mm. you know for anyone who's used a sleeping pill zopiclone well firstly it's highly addictive you know a week and a half on those and you are guaranteed to develop some form of tolerance and dependence on them um but you also feel really horrible the following yeah. day you know, yeah. you wake up and you're just like, oh. yeah literally you know you thought oh my god what happened mm. the night before and that's not ideal so so, I mean, that applies to all medicines. And I guess the beauty about the products that we're using is we've got such a fine control over the dose um, that we can tailor it to each person and basically try and use the minimum minimum um, dosage needed to achieve the most benefit without mm-hmm. any adverse effects and side effects. And the reality is we've had, we've had no, no uh, serious adverse reactions or harms done in, in the over over 15,000 people that we've seen so far um, that's incredible I mean that is you know I remember watching a documentary on I think it was Netflix and it was talking about um, when they broke first brought in I think it was like like Nurofen or something like that into the market and but it was a high it was like a it was one that was more addictive and bringing it in and selling the drug companies were selling and saying there'll be no no results and stuff and then all these people oh I think it was oxy it might have been oxy like it was one of those but it was like oh it's not addictive and then all these people were getting majorly addicted to this drug in these small towns in America you know and so it is that thing of like you know when we are in pain we get so desperate we'll just take anything Um, I've got a couple of friends who are in chronic pain and and you know I can have two days of pain and go I would do anything I don't even know how they survive and live a life in chronic pain and so it's very easy for us if we're not in that space to not understand the desperation of just taking anything. So having something that isn't going to have 
massive other side effects is huge. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's massive. And, you know, to, coming from a medical background, a lot of the medicines we do use on a regular basis have come some very common and quite significant side effects. Mm. You know, you speak to anyone who's using pain medicines or or sleeping medicines or antidepressants, et cetera, they will tell you about, you know, some of the adverse effects mm. that they experience. And just to have the option of using something that's plant-based and that mm. can be so well tolerated is has been an absolute yeah it's been an eye-opener for me personally and you know and 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 for the people involved when you get someone absolutely satisfying for you oh absolutely yeah it's it's I mean at this at this stage I've I've my role in the clinic is to support the the, you know our impact and our growth uh, you know not so much on the um, consulting side but I'm always you know seeing these stories come across you know um, through email and just talking to our doctors and and, you know, the experience, you imagine someone coming into the clinic for the first time that they've left their house in 10 or 15 years because they haven't been able oh, to amazing. pass the litter box and they come in to pick up their medicines in person and they literally are crying and, hu- and hug you. I mean, that's that makes the whole, everything we're doing worthwhile. You know, mm-hmm. that is one life that's been, you know, significantly improved. Um, is there is there limitations for you because I mean there are limitations anyway as medical professionals about what you can and can't say in terms of marketing like you know there's rules around promises and things like that is it more complex having this other layer of also the fact that you are prescribing cannabis like is is it hard in terms of marketing in terms of education to know where those lines are are they quite structured or are they a bit tenuous Yes. What marketing? We don't do any marketing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, totally. It's a total mind, minefield. It's a total minefield because of, because of well, firstly, legal, um, you know, medicinal cannabis products are legally un- unapproved medicines, which means that they haven't been proven to help for any specific condition. So they cannot be advertised in any way. So, you know, on TV, you might see paracetamol, extra mm. proof and plus or this, that, that advertised. Yeah, they advertise because they're approved for pain. Although, you know, you talk to any gastroenterologist, every day people are dying from anti-inflammatory drugs causing... I've had weight loss surgery, so I can't have anti-inflammatory drugs. It would kill my tummy. Mm -hmm. Like I know, and you know, and so I I know how damaging they are because I have a, you know, a smaller stomach and they would do immense damage to me if I had them. So I can only imagine. And I used to, I remember, you know, 20 years ago, I was addicted to them. I'd have a permanent headache and I was just kept on swan the back and then I went cold turkey and suddenly the pain went away because my brain was creating pain receptors for them. I was totally addicted to them. Mm, how interesting. Yeah. The yeah that was neurofin. And that's neurofin, <laughs> you know? which you can buy yeah. over the just from yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I totally get that. I do think, you know, in New Zealand we are very easy to like throw back stuff and but you're right that you can you can prescribe that. And I because I know it's the same with like even like an osteo or something like that. But like we've run ads for osteos and physios, and what you can and can't say is very hard when you're in the health sector. Very much so, yeah. And even more so for medicinal cannabis, because being yeah. unapproved means uh, MedSafe has a uh, piece of legislation which basically says you cannot indicate the availability of any of these medicines to anyone in any way, shape, or form. Mm. So that's fairly, a, you know, a, a market like a fairly wide ban on any kind of advertising or marketing per se. So we work, you know, we work um, along, uh, we are within the legislation kind of provided by MedSafe. And then there's obviously, as, as a medical clinic, there's requirements from the medical council yeah. as to what we can and can't say. Um, in terms of yeah, messaging and marketing and then on top of that you've got you the digital platforms which have their own policies around cannabis and what you can and can't say Facebook complete ban pretty much isn't it like complete in terms ban. of advertising you wouldn't be able to do any advertising because as soon as it's cannabis it's drug correct you couldn't yeah. do any advertising whatsoever on Google uh, mm-hmm. you know social media um, and yeah, so that's, it's certainly a challenge, uh, and that's a big, big challenge, but, uh, the challenges are also opportunities, right? Absolutely. So you would use a lot of SEO, I'm imagining. So you're just using the organic people finding you would be part of what you're doing. So you're trying to get and obviously word of mouth. And I think I probably the fact that there aren't that many other people in your space in New Zealand would also help at this current time in terms of just people finding you. 
But I guess is that one of the reasons that why uh, email marketing and marketing automation is, is so important to you because you have to make sure you look after anyone that actually comes in the door, essentially, and whether it's the website or physically in your door. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so we we do rely on search engine type of marketing. Mm. Absolutely, that is that is one of the things we rely on. But it's not the only the only thing we rely on because well because we got when we were too dependent on search engine we got punished a couple of times um, just through just through natural search mm. variability and and the, you know search engine algorithm updates and I think because and it actually got me you know got us for that period of time into quite a bit of a bit of a circle um, because. When you, whenever you rely on something external yeah. and you take the risk of being hit yes. um, from under you and what we and so there were some very very hard days and weeks when when things were fluctuating but but what we came to realize is that actually even on search engine it's actually because it's a considered by Google a, a restricted industry or an industry that's a higher risk they're always going to deprioritize it. Yeah, well, that variability is quite high. So day and night, it's just jumping up and down, and it's quite unpredictable. And 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 so relying on kind of a single point or reliance on something is is uh, limited. And even marketing, to be honest with you, Rachel, is also limited because mm -hmm. at one point in time we got kicked out, cooked out of our marketing platform that we're using our email platform just overnight because they just banned us because we apparently violated their terms and conditions. Oh, so hard. Um, so, so yeah, we, we had to big our way back into into that one. It is it is an interesting thing for me because I think one of the things we forget about platforms like Facebook or Google or things is that they are owned by humans. Um, and I've got a quite a funny story from years ago. Um, I was at a Vodafone party and they were releasing the new Google phone. And yeah. Vodafone was doing this massive, it was the best, I think it was the best party I've ever been to. Um, like it had like a massage wall and a vodka fountain. And it was like, things got a bit blurry after the vodka fountain, but like it was this massive party. And um, they had some women that were body painted with the Google, um, Google logo on them. And then one with the Google phone. And a, a friend of mine who's a blogger, he um, took photos of them, put them on his, uh, covered the event by taking photos of it. And the Google, um, I don't know if I should be telling the story, but I'm halfway through it. I have to keep on going. Um, the Google owner was is quite a, was I think he was quite a strong Christian. I had quite strong kind of like traditional values. Yeah. And he had a Google alert and he saw these pictures of the Google logo on these bodies and was like, that's not appropriate for Google logo and pulled the phone out of the New Zealand market. Oh, you see it? Yeah, and I always like that story. I um, you know, like just me as a as a marketer and storyteller may not have told that one hundred percent correctly. So apologies to anyone if I got something wrong on there. But that that basic that is true that they pulled the phone after the party with the body like the body painting. And I always remember that because I always think whenever someone gets complaining about like a rule, I always think that the rules are made by these people right at the top who have their own values. And those values come through, and then we're always at the mercy of the values of that company, of who owns mm. that company. Mm. And it's just a little reminder that building our business purely on a company where we're always going to be at the mercy of someone else's values is always going to be a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous position to be in. Yeah, that's that's an interesting story. But uh, yeah, I think it's it's important that we keep that in mind because because we're not talking about you know if it's if it's your own thing and you're a solo contractor. Mm. and you know you've got clients and it's then that's fine you know like something happens you can kind of improvise or do something else on the side but when you've got a, a whole team to support you're and, paying you're paying you to support them you've got to keep on making sure they're fed <laughs> exactly you've got to make sure that the that you you know the business is cycling and going then when something like that happens it can be very very disruptive because it puts the, mm -hmm. yeah it can be there yeah, it, could, it could literally put the whole thing you know on the edge and but can you 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 have got a Facebook page like you can have those things, but it's just more the paid advertising is where it's going to become a problem most of the time. Correct, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And are you have you found that you have as the owner have you had to kind of step out of like, I imagine that 
as a doc as a doctor you've you know had to have people relationships and those sort of things but doctors don't normally go into medicine to become the face of a business and show you know talk to people as a the leader of a business that's not why most people are motivated to become a doctor in the first place has that been an interesting journey for you to kind of have to step out and do like things like this I guess where you're having to kind of be that person to, to make sure the business is growing and functioning yeah, absolutely. It's been uh, it's 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 been a very rewarding and also uh, rewarding because it's been such a learning experience mm-hmm. for me personally as well. So I would uh, definitely, if I was to go back, I'd do it all over again, um, but do it very quite differently and yeah. <laughs> avoid some mistakes and then uh, achieve what we've done in a much quicker time frame. But uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed stepping out of that role and and being in that position. I think. I think, yeah, I think it was, it's it's for me, certainly it's for right me to enjoy it. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about the marketing because you've done some really clever things and I am pretty foggy what they are um, because um, Rod gets very excited about technical stuff and he's got like a selective listening to thing with me with 90% of the things I say. And then when he yes. gets really technical, I just, my brain just nods and smiles. Um, yes. But I know that some of the things that you have done, which are really clever is you have done quite a bit around using marketing automation, but also you realize a lot of your clients wanted to be talked to via text message. Is this right? Uh, or you use text messaging as part of what you do? We, we we use yeah we use we try and communicate because it's all about education and communication yes. right so we try and use uh, ways and methods to communicate with people who who are either our clients or are expressing interest in in what we do and 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 we we use both email and text message at this point in time that's correct yeah and is it the text message because it makes it more accessible so that you're not having to have people who are reliant on like loading up their desktop or maybe going to an email because I'm imagining if you are in pain or things like that we often have our phones near us because we're connected and yes. a text message is a lower effort way of communicating or receiving a communication than having to read something in an email oh absolutely yes so you've got much higher open rates and faster response times using using text messages um and and yeah we've uh, i mean we haven't specifically tracked in terms of how successful the text messages or you know compared to emails have been for us but but just generally speaking like you said it's you know people generally have their phone there the whole time mm. and and um you know you, usually when you get a text message there's that incentive to really open it and see who, who who's yeah absolutely yeah it's like an instant thing because we yeah. um i didn't say before but you use active campaign which we're we're um partners for which is obviously where that relationship's being built up and yeah. i do know one of the things and we talked about this before you came online you do like stretching the limits and saying i have an idea of how i want to serve my customer do you call them patients or clients i i do like to call them people but when i can't I use like word, that. when i can't use people i just i say clients okay sometimes clients. the sentence doesn't work <laughs> yeah i understand that i like people but i guess it would be hard because we have to look at what people yes, uh, exactly. but when you are trying to talk to the people that you've had interactions with your clients um yeah. are you what are you what are you driven by like what is it that's making you go I need to do this sort of thing. Like, what are you looking for when you're going? Can this do this? Is it is it more education, or where are the where are the ideas for you coming that make you go? I need to see this change, or I want to see can this platform do it? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, the idea at the end of the day, the driving factor for me is seeing the positive results they're achieving and asking myself the question as to where in our process or what we're doing we can we can do more of that mm. um and and that gets my mind thinking as to well where rather where are the holes or where are the issues that we're facing and um and then naturally you know things start going through my mind um as i put myself in the position of other people that are maybe coming to our website for the first time or interacting with us the first time and just um, and just doing that for fun, just just to just to see what the, the, the touch points or what 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 it looks like, and you know, what it could look like. Obviously, I'm very biased because I know exactly what it will look like after they do various actions. But um, that's where the inspiration comes from. It's it's thinking, well, you know, I think we've got something amazing. I think we're helping a lot of people. I think we're doing something really positive. How do we do more of it? 
Because yeah. I think it's really interesting because I know that one of the things that you do really well when you're emailing Rod, and I have had to learn actually to do it myself, is I I tend to jump from I've had this thing that I want to do to serve our customers, but then I immediately start limiting it with my own headspace of what I think Active Cam- Campaign can do. Or I jump into the solution and come to him and say, I need you to do blah, blah, blah. And he's like, why do you need it? And I'm like, no, I just need you to do it. And he's like, no, why? Because if I understand why, I can probably find a better way of doing it than the thing you think. And you telling me the thing that you want fixed is not going to do potentially what you need. And so one of the things you do really well is you go, this is how I want to serve my people. This is what I want the experience to be instead of I need you to do this, 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 and this, because he'll often find a better way of doing that. Yes, and I must compliment Rod on that ability. What's that? That's the wisdom though. Like I, I, what I think you do really well, and I think it's a really good thing for business owners to do is think, don't always think, how do I make that happen? Find someone who can do that. Actually think, what is it that I want to do to serve my customers before you jump into solution solving? Because that's the thing that I think makes it really special. Oh, totally. That's that's um, that, that's totally right. And I and I, I must commend Rod on his ability to to have helped us so far with his creative and and good ways of coming up with solutions. But yeah, I think that's very, that's very important. And mm-hmm. maybe that's one of the one of the things that medicine, my background in medicine, I've done yeah. a lot of um, a lot of urgent care, sort of emergency type of medicine. And so I, I've always found myself in positions where I've had to make very quick but important decisions about about things and. And um, what that's helped me to do is to, to is to be very clear in my mind what the priorities are, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's step number one is identify, and that's what I do on a daily basis. You know, my daily routine in the morning is identifying priorities, resetting priorities, and making sure I know exactly what the problem is that we're dealing with. Um, and then once you know the problem, then it's um, you know determining what what the what the solution to that problem is and then once you've got that in your mind clear then it's about determining well how can i solve that problem and what are the different ways i can go about it and if it's not me directly solving that issue then who can help me and support me to solve that problem as as opposed to being restricted and saying oh i know how to do this yes i can fix it because this is yes. all i know yes yeah, and I think that's that is a really powerful thing because we are often limited by our own understanding, and so we sh- accidentally will shift the problem from what it actually is to the thing that we can actually manage, which isn't a great in medicine, and it's also not great in marketing automation. Though, you know, like it would be like if you if someone presented with you with a sore throat and an earache, and you immediately go, "Oh, it's this thing," because that's the simplest solution, as opposed to actually yeah. let's actually listen to the other thing they said, which is that they've been getting a, a migraine behind their eye. And you go, "Hang on a minute, I need to investigate the combo." That's I kind of is the same. I, I, I'm told I have not. My dad's a veterinarian, but I have got no medical training whatsoever, so I am going to be totally speaking off. But I think it is that thing of like, I really like the idea of identifying the problem. Or you're kind of also in the business. You, I think you get potentially irritated or frustrated when you see a friction point where you go this could run smoother to make the business run smoother to give a better experience to both my team and to our people oh for sure when when those things come across me or my desk I get very very frustrated very quickly when I see things not being done in an efficient or or modern way I guess Mm. you know um yeah i like i like solutions to to problems whenever there's a problem i like to make sure that that there's a solution to it and yeah like you said it's important to step back and think yeah what is the problem how do we what are the possible solutions and then choose the best solution out of all you know the opportunities and the resources that we all have available to us so you'd have like on your website, you'll have things where people can download and then they can get that information. Marketing automation is taking care of that. And then you would obvious, um, you've also got some post automation flows for people who've been prescribed to remind them to pre- prescriptions and things like that. You would also have some of those. Yeah, totally. So I'll, so we, we, we look at it into two things. We're looking at it into sort of the the pre-conversion, I guess you could call it, you know, before someone's actually converted or booked an appointment with us. So we look at that phase and then we also look at the phase as to what happens after because that's equally just as important. Yeah, very. It's, it's very important. And so 
And so what we want to do ideally, and look, I'm not claiming that we've got it all right. We've got a lot of work to be done and we've got some uh, big ambitions for in terms of 2023 and how we're going to do a better job of what we're doing. But but that's how we look at it. We say, well, how do we you know, educate someone, get them across the line so that they see that this is something genuine and possibly helpful for them? And then what can we do after that to make sure that they remain engaged with us, that they become, we develop a, a, a loyal um, relationship with them? Because at the end of the day, and, and that's driven by a positive outcome. Yes. It's not a selfish type of like, oh, how do we make more money out of each person or something? Because that's very superficial and it won't get you very far. Whereas, whereas you don't need to do that. All we need to do is think, how do we help that person achieve a good outcome, improve their quality of life? And if we're achieving that, then naturally it's going to work for, for the clinic or the business or any business for that matter. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I really like that because it's one of the things I teach my coaching clients. And it was a revelation for me probably about three or four years ago that I had realized to my horror that we were teaching, but also living this thing where we were doing a lot of that pre-marketing, but then we kind of like left our community and I call them a community. It's kind of like people, other people would work with before it kind of left them, you know, like they kind of, I wasn't putting the same effort into those people. And actually the people that have worked with us before, they've already chosen us. So they're more likely to choose us again, but it's our job to make sure that happens. And yes. so I love that you're weighing those up and going, this is really important because it's not just getting new people in the door. It's about making sure the people that you, that chose you want to stick with you, not just for money, but also because you're serving them in a way that really meets their needs. And that's sad, yes. that makes the whole business satisfying. Yes, oh, absolutely. Uh, Rachel, you should um, speak to Rod about that. I think he might be <laughs> he might be able to help with that. <laughs> oh, no, we've, I've been working and I've, we've got now, so I have stuff now. I have fixed it. I, I, I fixed it. I found holes. I mean, oh my gosh, I need to fix that hole. And so we've got like, we've got like a portal that clients get and they get now weekly stuff. And I get really upset after someone who's worked with us unsubscribes from that. Cause I'm like, I, I feel like I'm giving you so much value every week and yeah. You know, and obviously they haven't bonded, you know, like, like there's a couple of people who've unsubscribed and I'll go, oh my gosh, you know, and then I'm sitting there trying to work out what I can be doing because I care about those unsubscribes. I don't care about the other ones, but if I've worked with you and you unsubscribe, yeah. I really care about it because I'm like, yeah. did I miss something that I'm yeah. not doing to deliver to you? So I think that's a shared value that we yeah. have. Um, so Sorry, you- sorry, sorry for, to unsubscribe from your list, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> You've done a strategy with me. We're good. I would have noticed, and I would have brought it up in the podcast. Believe me. Um, why did you unsubscribe? Yeah, why did you unsubscribe? I, yeah, um, I, I have actually emailed one. I emailed two people once. One is one of them was actually subscribed by twice by accident. So I was like, okay, no worries. Um, so that was okay. But I do get deeply hurt by that. Uh, do you do you also use marketing automation to help processes within your team, like to get communication going with like, hey, this person's at this step, or do you use them like a transit like to help communication that way as well as externally? Uh, at this point, yeah, we we do, we do to a certain extent, but I must say that that is one of the focuses for next year is to implement a better internal systems for us. Mm-hmm. Um, because what we've realized this year is that as we've grown in our impact and we've helped more and more yeah. people, then our internal systems have struggled. Our hard. It's hard um, to get the balance right. It's definitely challenging, yes. Um, and so that's will be one of the focuses for next year is to interest start introducing automation into into yeah our internal processes get the communication more efficient um, and effective which then basically reflects into better service which mm. then gets better outcomes for people again and that feeds absolutely into that it's just like giving that kind of sort of thing where people I feel like they're all involved in it together like I think it keeps a connection I always have a very simple one to explain that how this can work because uh, we used to when we had the, a bigger team in the office Rod now does the um, takes the rubbish out, but he used to have an email that went out um, to the person that was in charge of taking the rubbish out every time it was due out to remind yes. them that it was true to come out because it was a friction point. We would always forget, yes. you know, and like it's just so weird that you can do that as a marketing automation, but it actually is such a great idea. You know? Oh, totally. Um, I mean, I having think, said that, yeah. we did try, we did try, Rachel, during the year, we tried to switch into a different platform that would allow us to do that communication and that more inclusive process um using um, with another uh, partner or agency that we use at that point in time but the whole project crashed because they weren't able to deliver 
what was promised or what the scope of the work mm-hmm. was, um, which was hugely disappointing. But um, but but yeah, I guess it's it's important to not be put off by those um, by those things that just don't go according to plan. And that's been one of the also the other learning points for us is sometimes we've introduced various you know approaches or things that we've done that's resulted in negative feedback. It's actually been quite you know hurtful for our communication with with the people that we're helping. But also internally for the team, you know, you know, some emails, for example, were getting very negatively negative responses as being inappropriate or not so much inappropriate, but but not 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 hitting speaking, the mark. Not hitting the mark. Not hitting the mark. Yeah, it's, you know, and people were getting confused by them, or some messages were, were not being interpreted correctly. And you know, it's important not to not to you know cancel the whole lot and say actually this is this marketing. this marketing stuff is not for me i'm going to go back to my excel spreadsheet and i'm going to go back to my (laughs) phone calls and this is how i like that idea (laughs) but it is i do think that that testing or that trial and error is a big part of it and i do think that that can feel quite exhausting when you're a business owner because you can come into it with every expectation that's going to work and even then it can backfire yes um, and it is about testing. And then you've also, you, one of the other things I do, I do know about you um, is that you are really strong on getting clear reporting so that you can actually see what's going on, like open rates and kind of where people are going. That's one of the things that is important for you, isn't it? To see, hey, what is working in our marketing and, and what isn't so you can fix it. Yes. Yeah, because because data is is, is quite important. Um, and yeah, I think go, sort of looking back and going back, if I was to do everything all over again, I would, I would, um, uh, you know, certainly engage with people who are more experienced. So that, that that's that that forms the relationship of of our clinic and and obviously your business is 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 that realization that actually we well, I personally don't know everything and and what we've done is wrong and we actually need someone who knows what they're doing to help us out. And you know, having the ability to recognize our own you know, lack of knowledge, I guess, or just lack of getting someone to do the something properly. Because initially, when we started, we were doing everything, and we thought we had it right, but we were so wrong and way off um, on the mark. Um, so yeah, re- you know, recognizing that, and then once you've got the system in place, it's about understanding: well, is it working, or is it not working? Mm-hmm. What's working? And that's where the data comes in. Yeah, um, because because that's ultimately what guides decision making. I think in in any business, really, for that matter of fact, because if you get the data wrong and you don't understand what's happening on the ground, then then you could be misled and you could make the wrong decisions and uh, it could end up hurting you, or it could end up even costing the business itself if you keep making a series of wrong decisions on assumptions that are, you know, biased or unfounded or just subjective you know opinions about what works or what doesn't work yeah it's quite easy to fall into a subjective idea especially because it's hard to know what is working and it might be the most surprising thing is actually causing like a bit of a ping or a or a dip but you don't see it because you're assuming you're looking at the biggest symptoms that are coming up rather than the little one um Yes, it gets down to diagnosis again. That's why you want the dashboards, isn't it? It's because you you like diagnosing things correctly. We want to diagnose, yeah, yeah. And maybe that's the medicine coming in. I know? think it would be. It'd be that <laughs> scientific thinking would be coming through with that. Do you feel actually um, that, because I always think that, you know, it's interesting you said we started ourselves. I do think that platforms, and I'm going to put an active campaign in there too. We also use Zoho and a few other ones. But I think that one of the biggest mistakes business owners makes is they go, they get sold on that it's an easy platform and they are all relatively easy to kind of get started, but they have all these hooks in them. And I do think that one of the hardest things for small business owners is, is that actually to make any platform work, whatever platform it is, you often do need someone who's an expert in that platform to kind of get those things set up, unless you're just using it as a straight like email thing or just super straight. And I yeah. do think that's a bit rough on for small business owners. Like I feel that it's like that, then, you know, meta and Facebook has become more complicated and everything seems to keep on getting more technical over and over again. And I do think that is a, like, I'm empathizing with this, but I think it is kind of a bit rough, yes. you know, that to make them work really well, you do often have to get an expert to kind of help with them. Yes, yes. Yeah, it does make it more difficult. But I guess it's also about prioritizing and knowing what your priorities are, because 
because if you you know generally speaking the smaller the businesses the more lower hanging fruits there are for them to pick off and those lower hanging fruits are generally much easier to reach than some that are quite higher hanging so for example you know the simple things like getting your google my business up or yes. having a process of of actually you know people um you know engaging with that google my business by leaving reviews or or um, asking questions etc um just some form of basic email marketing just the, the basic things generally make they do it's amazing yeah yeah google business have regular emails more than monthly um have a good facebook page and create content that's educational and if you have that no matter what business you are that's good yes um, you're, you're supremely going over that now but that is you know you're right having those basics makes a big big difference Oh, totally. And it's also like, you know, it's also thinking outside of the box mm. is really important. Like, you know, if if, if we were, I mean, look, we, we're not a small business anymore, but by all means, we don't have all the resources that we wish we, we do. And we, you know, do everything that's in our heads that we think would, would be done. We'd love to do it, but we have to prioritize. And, and sometimes you just have to think outside of the box, um, you know, in terms of what gains traction and what is is, 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 is likable. So for example, I often see, often see posts on uh, on social media and and look to be honest our own posts are you know probably guilty of that that are so generic yeah. that you would just flick over and when you're flicking over your own posts or kind of that kind of stuff you know that, that you're doing something wrong so for you know for example i got an i got an email from one of a med, one of the medical organizations yesterday saying hey we've launched our new website and come check it out etc cetera, etc cetera. and i thought you know i thought you know, like, did you guys think twice about sending that email? Because why would I actually be at all interested? Oh, in such a pain of mine. I so agree with this. Like, why yeah. are you doing a post saying, come and check out my my website? It's the most boring thing ever. And then when you have your own website, you really want to tell everyone to see your website because you're so excited about it. I know, but it's like, actually, <laughs> like the person on the other end doesn't care whether you've got a new website. You're the you only don't. one that cares, yeah. You're the only one that cares. Yeah. And so, you know, or... Or um, yeah, but whereas, for example, you see a, a, a post on social media of, of you know your local cafe making some really unique dish or something just like some really out there thing that's really odd, and it's literally a quick kind of one minute video of them doing something or just being nice to someone or doing something for their customer, then that will gain a lot more traction than than investing in a whole website redesign and redevelopment exactly. and then sending an email about it because it's going to get you yeah. more more traction. Yeah. Yeah. One of my clients, um, so I have a coaching group where we for people who want to be the face of their business. And one of my clients did a video of she does really good face to camera conversations. She works mainly with women who want to have a, you know, beat sugar addiction and things like that. So she's really good at what she does. But she had a video that went viral and it was of her boiling an egg. Right. Boiling and it egg. went completely nuts because people are fascinated by little boring things in our lives. And boiling an egg is very meditative to watch, like all the bubbles coming up. Like it's just, and, oh, and she's just like, I have given so much value in these posts, you know, and stuff. But the boiling the egg was just a complete one. And then of course people watch the other stuff, but it was a real reminder that we can get hung up on the things we think we have to tell people, yes. but often just displaying, here's a really simple way of getting a very easy lunch, boil an egg. Um, yes. Simple is what works best. So it was literally just a boiling an egg video? <laughs> wow well how to That's... boil it she showed her technique of boiling an egg uh -huh. yeah how interesting well maybe it was so so mundane or so boring yeah. mundane, but mundane works like you know like it's watching people pack a box you know or um, you know, like here's the process of like a day in a life of someone at the cannabis clinic. What do we do? You know, how do we how do we do that? That boring process is insanely like fascinating to everybody because I, I call it the goat in a tree moment where, you know, like the goats in Morocco, they they just climb trees or they get lifted to trees, you know I mean? but they climb trees and they just they look out and we take photos of them because we think they're amazing. Yes. But they are just doing their everyday job. And so documenting our everyday job is actually all we really often need to do. 
and yeah. just document it. But but we yeah. get stuck on we need to do the flashy website or we need to do this thing or here's this wisdom yes. thing. No one wants that stuff. Exactly. I'll, I'll tell you a story of our own. We had a uh, doctor conference that we attended um, in July or August, maybe this this year down in the South Island. And um, it was one of, and so this is for other doctors to come in mm -hmm. to, to learn about you know, medical stuff. And we had a store there for the, for the clinic. And I mean, that's as boring as it can get just standing there and talking to doctors about just medicine. You know, as I, I said to the team, I said, look, guys, we just got to have a little bit of fun here and how to, you know, have it make it a bit more engaging and interesting. So we brainstormed. And then after some discussions, we said, okay, well, what we're going to do is two things. Number one is we're going to bake some brownies. And we're going to have it on the store with, a, with our cannabis clinic logo on it. And just, and just have it there on the table. That is great because it's that beautiful juxtaposition between are they brownies or are they brownies? I love that. How hilarious. That is great. Were they popular, the brownies? Were they nervous about taking them? Oh, I tell you what, well, the other thing we ordered was some uh, with little pot plants, little cannabis plastic pot plants to, to put on the table there. <laughs> Just, just for a bit of a laugh, because a lot of people haven't seen what cannabis looks no, like. That's like right. oh, yeah. That's what cannabis looks like. So yeah, so we had the brownies, um, and then we had the most hilarious responses to them. We had, uh, you know, people coming back the following day saying they had the best sleep of their life, and then, and then we, you know, we wow. had to, we had to go through the process of explaining that it was actually a joke. It wasn't, a, yeah. it wasn't like an illegal product that we were. That is on. hilarious. Also, that just goes to show what's the word? I, it's completely gone for me now. The thing where it's like placebo. The placebo effect was totally working. Placebo effect. It was working absolutely. And one brownie actually made it from Christchurch from a lady to her son to oh. Auckland to who came to our clinic with the brownies saying, hey, look what I got from you guys. <laughs> I love that. That is so awesome. What a cool story. That, that's just, that is clever. Well, you know what to do if you ever want to do something that's like a guerrilla marketing thing. It definitely has to be about brownies. It's got to be about brownies. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That is yeah. awesome. Hey, I have had a lovely time talking to you. Do you want to just tell everyone, are you able to tell people where to find you? Is, that a, is this going to break a rule? Are we okay? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay, yeah. How do people find you if they, they feel that they might need to talk to somebody, they've got chronic pain, they might, arthritis potentially is one that you would work with as well? Yes, yeah, arthritis, chronic pain, arthritis, if there's like an ongoing condition that's causing a lot of discomfort, you've got anxiety, anything that you feel that might need a, a safe, herb-free, herb-plant-based herb pain relief or something like that, how would they get in touch with you? Uh, yes. So firstly, it's anyone who's struggling in their quality of life yes. who think that maybe medicinal cannabis could possibly help them. We can talk that through and determine whether, um, you know, through a, a free phone call with one of our nurses to talk about whether this is even a possibility, you know, for them or not. So anyone who could be struggling could talk to us. It doesn't have to be specifically severe or, you know, they have to be, you know, very bad uh, for, for them to be eligible to talk to us. Um, but that, that can basically be done through our website, just cannabiscliniccounz um, And our clinic location at the moment is in Takapuna. So that, you know, whether that be in person through the clinic or online through our website, we'd be more than happy to help anyone. Because you work with anyone in New Zealand. It's not just people who physically come to your clinic in Takapuna. That's correct, yes. Mm -hmm. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. And I've really enjoyed it. And I, I know that... Um, Rod definitely enjoys working with you and getting all the challenges. So um, thank you. It's been a real pleasure to have you on the show. Likewise. Thanks for having me, Rachel. You're very welcome. If you love what you heard today, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you love this episode in particular, I'd love it if you shared it on social media. Remember to tag me in so I can say thank you. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.